Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. Fourth of July, 2023. Today, the United States is 200. In 47 years old. I'm sure if you're in the United States right now, you are celebrating via fireworks, barbecue, pool, lake. You know, all these things are great. But there's different aspects of history. I mean, we do know that the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776 in Philadelphia. You know, with John Hancock putting that signature on it and creating the trajectory of the experiment of the United States of America. But today, I want to talk about something that you don't really hear a lot about. And if you're from America, when you hear the War 1812, I ask, what pops in your mind if you're from the United States? If you're from Britain, it's probably something different. And if you're from from Canada, it's probably something different. But why say that? Well, a lot of things happened in the War of 1812, and I'm going to get into it within this episode. So sit back, relax, and listen, and let's if you can imagine a different time i mean you think about the united states during 1812 it's really important for historical context to understand what's going on in the united states as well as the world i mean the united states would have been founded in 1776 so as a country it would have been about 36 years old which is my age which is crazy you think about john adams being the president Um, John Adams was actually known for being highly intelligent. However, he was a short man without decisive action, is how history would pretty much remember him as it relates to combat. We look at Canada forming and having a lot of ties to um, England, not succeeding like the United States did 36 years prior. Um, And you have a situation, a war raging on in Europe with Britain and or I should say England and Paris fighting Napoleon. You know, these these things were all contributing at the time. So during this time, what you had is you had a situation where the United States and Britain were having conflict. Obviously, if you can imagine, if you succeeded 36 years prior during this war, I mean, this war would have raged on for 20 years with Britain and France. They felt wrong. By the United States. They felt that the United States had stepped out and they weren't loyal, you know, and as a result of the of the Revolutionary War, all these things kind of took precedence. So there is some resentment still harbored for the United States, and that's relevant within this story. Now we also look at what's going on historically within Canada. Well, Canada is formulating, there's people from all over Europe settling down there as well close ties to the Native American people that would have been living there. You have French working together with the British because they thought that the British were more trustworthy than the Americans. So it kind of paints this picture. Well, the reason why I want to talk about 1812 is there's some interesting heroes that come from this war, and some of them are never talked about. And as it relates to it, I wanted to talk about it today because it's aspects that are patriotic. So let's go ahead and think about it. 
you are living in 1812, you were an American, and you will be terrified of the British if you were in the northern colonies because of the reputation the British had. Now, there was a lot of issues going on with trade, shipping, commerce, and this was kind of impacting the tone. Now, what we always have to realize about 1776 is only about 30% of the population wanted to succeed and the majority of the population want to remain loyal to Britain. So these conflicts have always been kind of um, precedent within the United States, even the genesis of the United States, if you will. Conflict, people having different opinions. So whenever we go into the War of 1812, it's important to understand that, you know, the United States is young. You know, the capital of Washington, D.C. has only been in Washington, D.C. for 15 years. If you were to walk out on Pennsylvania Street, what you're going to see is a lot of dirt. The beginning of the swamp is starting to have houses formed around it. And you have the White House and you have the Department of Treasury. One of the oldest government organizations that was created in Washington, D. was the Department of State. So these things are all starting to be different aspects of the historical context of what's taking place. John Adams is president. So you have a situation where you have the British come in and take over a base up north, and it kind of set the, the precedence. And morale was low because the British took over the base, and they weren't really, I can't really, I can't remember the name of the base, but it's not really relevant. And that's kind of what set press precedent for John Adams to create a declaration of war against England. Now, England was known for having the best navy at this time. And there was all this tension and pressure on John Adams. In a lot of ways, it seems like he acted because he thought that was the best thing, but he really didn't know what to do. So as a result of it, conflict ensued because the United States, in fact, invaded Canada. Now, what's so interesting about the War of 1812 is in the United States, we really don't remember it, and we don't really talk about it as much. But in Canada, it's a strong part of their history, culture, and identity because both these wars would have created different aspects of patriotism patriotic nature to the country you know obviously you had the revolutionary war and the gentleman who signed the declaration of independence but at this time people really weren't indifferent they were the formulation and the identity of patriotism was really being solidified by the hatred of the british that's what was creating this this ideal patriotism and canada at the time was 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 affiliated with the british so as a result in the invasion their patriotism was really founded on the fact that they were able to fight off the Americans. And the way that they did it is it brought the people together. You had British, you had Scottish, you had French. You had these wars happening and these, these different incursions taking place in the north, such as Niagara and parts of Michigan. And the Canadians really did a good job of fighting off the Americans. You know, and that's what formulated the identity. Now, where you have a transition point in the war is during war at this time, there was some level of respect. And up to this point, the United States had always fought wars as a colony. So it really wasn't a formulated country yet. So whenever you have a military, there really wasn't a mature military. A lot of them was militia groups. You know, a lot of people in the United States did not want a standing army. So as a result of it, you had different issues with the fighting, you know. But what happened is we look at what took place in Yorkshire. As a result of what took place in Yorkshire, United States troops came in and burned it. As a result of 
burning it in midwinter, it created a really bad taste. It created a really bad situation. So what ensued? Well, at this point, what ensued is what we know of the burning of Washington, D.C. In 1814, during the War of 1812 between the U.S. and Great Britain, an unusual event took place in Washington, D.C. British forces invaded the Capitol and set fire to many government buildings, including the White House and the Capitol. They even ate a meal meant for President James Madison before torching his residence. However, the stormy weather that night extinguished the flames before they could cause complete destruction. This event, known as the Burning of Washington, marked the first and only time in U.S. history that the capital was occupied by a foreign power. It had a significant impact on the development and rebuilding of Washington, D.C. So as it's taking place, people had left the capital, you know, and what would happen is the British would have just went crazy being there and having some type of revenge, winning the war against Napoleon. It kind of created a precedent in a certain environment where they went insane. They would have eaten in the White House, dined in the White House, and then burned down the White House. But one thing was taking place in the Department of Treasury, and I find it to be probably one of the most interesting stories nobody ever talks about. If you can think about it, there was a gentleman there by the name of Stephen Plisa. He would have been born in 1776, and at the time the British invaded Washington, D.C., he would have been 36 years old. Now, he was working at the Department of Treasury, affiliated as a clerk the Department of State. Now, during the time of the invasion, everyone left. The militia ran away. The president left. The president's first lady left. And he had the notion to do something very historic. He was a mid-level nobody in the Department of the Treasury. And in 1812, the British invade Washington. They set the White House on fire. They set the Capitol building on fire. The president flees. This guy has the presence of mind to say, I wonder if anybody's rescued the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. So he goes to the National Archives. <clears throat> Everybody's fled. And he takes the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and George Washington's military commission. And he takes them to a barn and hides them in the rafters of the barn until we push the British out. He's greeted as a hero at the Treasury Department, but the fact of the matter is that he was actually a dick. I think what's so interesting is the fact that no one liked him, as you can hear, and he was a hero. I mean, you think about the context and the state of mind and how young the United States would have been in having the presence of mind to grab that because if the British would have found it, they would have burned it, they would have taken it, or they would have given it to, um, they probably would have taken it as a trophy because this also kind of correlates with the uh, portrait of, of George Washington um, because the First Lady also would have taken the portrait of George Washington and, you know, the British considered him a traitor, one of the highest traitors in history. So to them, they had a lot of beef with it. But having the presence of mind to take it, in a lot of ways, no one ever talks about him. And he would have actually been commissioned into the lighthouse department, which no longer is a thing. And He would have created technology for how lights are shined, and that would have been kind of his legacy. But no one ever talks about Stefan. Like, there's, no, there's not a lot of historical context that goes into it. And 
we also think about the Star Spangled Banner. I mean, the Star Spangled Banner, Star Spangled Banner, would have been written as a result of the Battle of Baltimore. You know, and it, it was written and published within the week. And 116 years later, it would have been founded as the national anthem. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this is 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 the War of 1812 really created a lot of precedents for the building of patriotism, in my opinion, within the United States. Yes, you had 1776, but you look at the impact of how people were taking the initiative, even though the British were coming to burn it down, to, to, to take these documents, to take these things that were important. And yes, the United States invaded Canada, and yes, the Canadians were able to beat them back, but there was different there's different points like this within history, and I think it's really, really significant. I mean, you think about the fact that the United States was, in fact, able to fight off the biggest invasion in Champlain, um, which would have created a whole different situation if they would have been able to invade New York. So when I think about the 4th of July and we think about patriotism now within the United States, it's built on layers and layers, and, and now people... Um, light off fireworks from China and the grill, but I think it's really important sometimes to put yourself in the mindset of what would 1776 would have been like? And what would have been like to live in a nation in 1812 when the British invaded and we were at war with them? It's like now when you go to the UK or London, it feels like a normal part. Like they feel like an extension of the United States. When I was there, I felt very comfortable, obviously. They drove a little bit different, but the people were great. And to think at the historical time at that moment is really, really significant. So I think whenever I, I, I have this conception of the 4th of July, I think about different aspects like that. The beginning of the United States, the first 100 years of the United States, and everything that took place to formulate the country. Well, that's my holiday bit for the United States. I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, I've enjoyed it. I've, this is a master of none production. And I really want to say, you know, thank you for all the support. It's been amazing to see all the downloads taking place. I've been truly honored. And I hope you guys are enjoying this podcast. If you love this podcast, please show some support. Go like, follow, leave a comment, and go from there. And it just helps build it, helps get the word out, and share it with your friends. Thank you guys for listening. Have a happy 4th of July, and we'll get back to you tomorrow.